In America, they have been gobbling up techies. That's kept the markets fairly quiet, but the same themes remain. Central banks solidifying their own views on whether to speed up tightening or to stay on an easier path. But maybe now there's some uncertainty creeping in for the Fed and certainly for the Bank of England. Will they or won't they raise rates next month? I don't think anyone's really clear on that. Uh, We're going to talk Turkey about central banks today. Plus, Australia's rebound from the latest lockdown. Jobs have bounced back quickly. Will retail sales do the same? We'll find out later today. It's Friday, the 26th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has eased off for now. In fact, with Thanksgiving on, there's not really much going on in the way of currency moves, although the New Zealand dollar has managed to lose 0.3% overnight. The stock market closed in the US, but the Euro stocks 50 is up 0.4%. The FTSE 100 is up a quarter percent. Bond markets also closed in the US, but yields down two or three uh, basis points right across Europe for 10 years. With oil, WTI is down a quarter percent. Uh, Brent is pretty flat. And you know what? I think that is the shortest market update Uh, we've ever done which just goes to show (laughs) there's not a lot going on not much happening and we're going to talk about it (laughs) with gavin friend well there's a big going on uh, with gavin friend from nab in london actually there's nothing like roast turkey is there really to stop the market in its tracks and speaking of turkey that is one place where there is plenty of action with inflation at 20 percent president erdogan uh, cajoling the central bank into cutting interest rates which they did earlier in the week uh, but the Turkish lira this year down almost 40% against the US dollar, 22% in the last week or so. It's a bit of a basket case, isn't it? But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the Fed, first of all. The FOMC minutes were out yesterday, about the same time as our podcast was out. Uh, it, Gavin, it's fair to say they're a little bit more hawkish than of late. And maybe, you know, we've had recent uh, positive reads from the US. Uh, so maybe even a little bit more hawkish since. The, the markets have been expecting it. We've seen short-end yields up uh, quite a lot lately the u.s dollar not going anywhere today but the path is certainly upwards so uh is the is the faster path to rate rises gaining momentum now do you think in the u.s morning phil well it's all anybody can talk about isn't it really um people are clamoring there's a tumult on inflation and um as you say the minutes um 24 hours ago you know um all of the um sort of coverage really in the media um and the focus was on the lines about a possible faster taper um, you know, there was one line in the section that contains the uh, FOMC participants' view that read, some participants suggested that reducing the pace of net asset purchases by more than the $15 billion per month could be could be warranted. That's the $15 billion they've already signaled for this month and next month. Uh, and this could put the Fed in a better position to make adjustments to the, the, the federal funds target rate. Um, I mean, a number of, of participants, however, stress the Fed be patient to incoming data to allow for care uh, for careful evaluation of the evolving supply chain developments and their implications for the labor market and inflation so it's a question of semantics isn't it some were looking for a faster taper versus a number looking for patience i would venture that number is la- the word number is larger than some um, but it's the optics isn't it it's the optics of where we are you can't blame people for focusing on the direction of travel and uh, that's where we are but isn't, um, that, isn't it also uh, giving them flexibility so if you if you taper faster you don't have to put interest rates up but you've got the option it would be a bit weird to be putting interest rates up while you're while you're you're still tapering your your qe program so it gives them the flexibility if they do it faster yeah but i think for some of the fed speakers as we as we've heard a faster taper begets an earlier, quicker start to uh, rate liftoff. Um, that's certainly not, to your point, that's certainly not 
the view of Chair Powell, at least at the you know the last meeting. And mm. you know, remember he 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 said th- these were the minutes. Don't forget of the third of November meeting at which the press conference of that meeting. He said that they'd not even started discussing rate lift off yet. So you know, obviously. The inflation picture is changing. It's changing quite rapidly. And you can see it's drawing in, as it does, even more uh, Fed officials, Mary Daly, um, you know, 24 hours ago, sort of yeah. lining herself up to say that if the data were to continue in the in the, in, in the sort of frame that, she, that it is now, that she could be persuaded of an earlier taper. But I think I think your point is well made that um, if you were Fed, if you were Fed Chair Powell and his new vice chair, Brainard, and you you wanted to retain that optionality. You 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 believe that the incoming information is telling you that gradually the supply chain and the labour market are going to heal. Remember, he's talked about we would certainly, he said, see some you know um, positive movements in healing in these areas by Q two and Q three next year. That's a long way out. Yeah, it doesn't preclude something happening earlier, but it means that if he were to t- agree to taper more quickly perhaps at the december discussion um that that then you know the tapering finishes in say spring next year it it sends a message that the fed's not going to get behind the curve it would lead to some people thinking they're going to hike earlier that would tighten the monetary conditions a little bit and that might just put a bit of a lid on some of this inflation at the moment and then it would give him time by the time Mm. we get to spring and just after spring next year perhaps we do have that evidence being gathered that suggests things are actually pausing a little bit rolling over a little bit and therefore the market would have a different reaction to the one that it is now which is it's a febrile environment isn't it everybody's chasing their tail on this particular story well it's a very different approach being taken by the ecb isn't it so we had the the minutes of the ecb they didn't give away much did they except that they are watching inflation uh, and, uh, uh, and and are allowing themselves and i love this let me quote sufficient optionality in the calibration of its monetary policy measures whatever that means i mean <laughs> <laughs> just trying to give themselves flexibility, uh, which is mm. exactly what we've been discussing. You know, if you if you taper quickly, you're giving yourself that flexibility. But then they're not talking about that. It's surprising, isn't it, that now we've got um, you know three hikes priced for the Fed for next year, mm. um, and yet the same dynamics are gripping Europe in terms of the supply chain uh, disruptions and those kinds of things. The inflation impetus is just you know pretty much the same. It's, it's we're going to find out inflation from. For, from the eurozone next week and it's going to be um in germany it's going to be running at about five and a half percent so it's getting up towards those like those levels in the u.s slightly lower in the eurozone as a whole but nonetheless pushing on um and yet the market is completely the other side and doesn't see rate rises you know as far as the eye can see in yes, the eurozone had, now, had, of course had, they've had interruptions they had the lockdown so they've downgraded their growth forecast this year haven't they and but pushed it yeah, into they, pushed it into next year basically Yes. So, so in addition to the supply uh, restrictions, they have this ongoing COVID. And who would have said, you know, even a month and a half ago that Europe, given, you know, it had the missteps in the vaccination process originally, but of course it got on with the program very quickly uh, and has got, has got on the whole very high levels of, of, of vaccination coverage. And yet here we are in the face of, uh, you know, a pretty uh, harsh uh, set of fourth and fifth waves um, which is uh, is obviously colouring the market's view on this. Now that 
eventually the measures that they're putting in, the sort of lockdowns in some of these countries, um, you know, they'll, they'll do the job uh, because, because the high level of vaccinations there, the booster jabs are coming in. That's the way you're going to get around this. And so then you're left with the idea, well, you know, can the, can the US remain immune to this? It has its own patchy record of vaccinations in some areas. We're living in a global economy. Travel borders are all back open again, more or less. Um, so what's to say that this won't um, mm. end up on the shores of, of, of America again? And, you know, stuff and things happens. It, it, it will get in the way of this apparently smooth process we have where the Fed's going to be raising three rates next year. Yeah. Which we'll is, see. We, um, we will, won't we? And look, very different in Sweden as well. All these different approaches. So the Riksbank yesterday holding rates at zero. They've got no plans to make moves until 2024. But, uh, you know, even that's been brought forward because before yesterday they didn't have any commitment to any any sort of date and here they are with uh, the highest inflation they've got in 13 years but they are very much in the the transitory camp they're still worried about the pandemic they're still worried about uh, shutdowns impacting the supply chain and they're not ready to make a move and then there's the uncertainty isn't there about where the bank of england is going i noticed that yields are up across uh, the curve for the last few days not much today but this week the short end has, has been up the most and we've got hugh pill the bank of england's chief economist talking to the cbi later on uh actually the early hours of this morning aussie time he's been giving fairly strong hints that there might be a rate rise next month but he like a lot in this uh the bank of england seemed to flip-flop a little so it's going to be interesting to see where he is right now on this because we've got a meeting next uh, early next month and uh, really uh, no clear idea about whether they're going to raise interest rates or not. I would say on the day, actually, uh, Phil, that two-year yields in the UK are a little bit lower than anywhere else. They're still up on the week, given mm. what's been going on elsewhere, but getting that drag. But um, I think, you know, th- th- this owes, you know, the, the slightly lower yields there owe, owe to what the market is thinking about the Bank of England, which seems genuinely conflicted in its views. You know, prior to the November meeting, you know, it was, it was all on from Andrew Bailey and, and based on inflation expectations and whether they become embedded at higher levels, which was a view that, you know, when they're running at 25 year highs and there's no there's no cavalry coming over the hill on the energy crisis. We've got inflation continuing to go up for a few months yet. Why not move um, now? The, the sort of regular line that we're hearing from all Bank of England really about the labour market and uh, second round effects. You heard that from 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 Hugh Peel the other day. Uh, we've heard it from Andrew Bailey um, speaking to Cambridge University just less than an hour ago. Uh, but he's saying, you know, again, the UK is more difficult to judge than ever. He's saying um, that um, monetary policy can't correct first round effects. There's nothing we can do about why we are where we are with inflation. It's all about the second round effects and whether it pushes through to the labour market. Now, on that. There was some interesting data released by the Office of National Statistics today that suggests that um, 90,000 EU na- nationals left the UK last year. Uh, the reason being the pandemic and, of course, Brexit. Um, uh, and that's, you know, obviously a central factor in why the UK finds itself so short of workers. Um, adding to that, some 76% in another survey found that. Um, professionals will be looking to change their jobs in the UK next year uh, with with over half looking to mm. sort of uh, reskill and what have you so those two things suggest that you know whatever you think about 
transitory and supply chains and the rest of it. From a labor market perspective, getting yeah. the workers in the UK is going to be quite difficult. That market is going to be, you know, remaining tight for some time uh, and plays to the view that the Bank of England, as it says, I mean, to be fair to the bank, it has said it will need to raise rates, but probably less than the market is predicting, which is 100 basis points next year, and probably over a longer time period. Mm. It's when do they start? You know, they've got jitters on the firing gun at the moment, which are, you know, understandable given the headwinds the UK economy faces yeah. into over the next few months. So it could be a later start and it could be, it's likely to be less than the markets are anticipating. No reason to rush, is there? Uh, and just to throw a curveball in all of this, uh, in the news today, there's a, a new strain of, uh, of COVID in South Africa that's been detected, which has got uh, vaccine resistance. Uh, so let's hope that doesn't uh, pick up. It might uh, just kill itself out. Look, uh, today, Aussie Jobs uh, yesterday were bouncing back. Even before the lockdown ended, the ABS payroll numbers up 3.1% in November. <laughs> month on month pushing uh, payrolls back to pre-pandemic levels that didn't take long did it no i mean it took something like 26 weeks um in the first round of the lockdown to get to that position so a very rapid bounce back i mean as always we urge a little bit of caution in terms of how you translate these uh, abs weekly abs payroll numbers into the uh, labor market uh, the official labor market data um but, i mean if you look at it at the moment it looks like it, it could suggest something like a three hundred and thirty thousand rise in the labor force um in in the november numbers but these numbers are always uh, subject to variation and, and, and volatility so we'd caution over reading a straight line through that at the moment but but obviously you know good news of a very strong labour market. Yeah, I mean, it is all bouncing back quickly, isn't it? CapEx spending in Q3, mind you, was down a bit more than expected, but particularly for plant and machinery, but uh, and most of that focused in New South Wales. But there's a lockdown, so you'd presume, again, that's going to pick up just as quickly. And hopefully, similarly, we get Australian retail sales today as well. The uh, the October numbers are out this morning. I mean, we imagine we're going to see quite a bounce back there as well. Yeah, the market's looking for uh, just over 2% uh, from 1.3%. Uh, in uh, in September, so um, yeah, you'd imagine, um, you know, uh, again, if 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 the jobs market was quite buoyant during the latter half of that month, the retail sales would be picking up as well. Forty six million turkeys are normally eaten in America on Thanksgiving, but the National Turkey Federation has been saying that uh, they face shortages and they want immigration reform. And is that for people? Or for Turkey, if you are a Turkey seeking asylum, I would have thought America would be the bottom of your list, wouldn't it? Uh, maybe they mean they need more people to, to deal with the turkeys, perhaps. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Anyway, good to talk, Gavin. Thanks, Phil. Poor turkeys. That's it for the morning call for this week. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll be back again on Monday morning. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.